0: This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3691, from Monday the 26th of September 2022. Today's show is entitled, Starship R.S. The Best Prompt I Don't Use. It is hosted by Klaatu, and is about 25 minutes long. It carries a clean flag. The summary is, Bash Prompts. Hey everybody, this is CLAT2, and I'm going to talk today about Starship.rs. Starship.rs is a Rust-powered cross-shell prompt. So this is an application that you install onto your Linux or Unix machine, and it provides, as long as you put a, a line into your .bashrc file to... to to start this application up, it provides a, a dynamic shell prompt with all kinds of information optionally in your prompt. Uh, first of all, I mean, the default, I guess, is I think host name. And then if you are in a Git repository, it will tell you what Git repository or what Git branch you're on and i believe it also understands uh, if you're in a, yeah if you're in an environment if you're in a, a specific programming environment let's say which is a weird thing to say but like if you have a, a an environment configured within your shell to 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 be using a specific programming language a specific version of a programming language then this prompt also detects that so for instance if you have made your default i don't know python version for that shell python 3.10 because maybe you have entered a like one of those python environments a virtual environment then then this start this starship rs would pick that up and and then let you know it would display that for you and by default it has a bunch of pretty little icons that it uses like a emoti- not a emo- yeah emoti- no emojis emojis uh, to, to sort of, like, look, this is the version of Rust you're using. It shows you a little crab. Or, look, this is the Python version that you're using. It shows you a little snake or Java. and It's got a little coffee cup and so on. So it is designed to be a very attractive and kind of pretty in, um, prompt for your terminal. And, I mean, I have to admit, it really spices things up. It's really quite nice, to be honest, um and, and it's easy to install. You just install the binary um the binary executable and and you're up and running. It's just it's that simple. You just kinda download it, you put it somewhere on your path, and you put, I think, one or two things into your bash RC and you're good to go. Uh and, and specifically it's eval quote dollar sign parentheses starship init bash close parentheses close um quote and and it is a you know a cross shell so it works with bash it works with fish it works with zsh it works with powershell and others that i haven't even heard of before well tcsh that's a good one uh, and and so on so so it, it it it's something that can work with lots of different shells It is something that is very attractive and actually informative. That's the cool thing, is that this little application actually adds to your terminal experience. Yes, it's pretty. Yes, it's it's got nice little um, emoji that 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 change depending on what kind of environment you're in. You know, it it is a very sort of active kind of prompt. I mean, it doesn't like blink or anything, or, or scroll or anything like that, but 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 it is it does change depending on your environment which is nice it's got a lot of color turned on and there's a lot of configurability like you can go or or i should say well yeah configurability i guess or i guess you could say customization but you can decide what kind of information you want to to have displayed in your prompt and and there are templates and examples and and options for you to activate or deactivate depending on what you use what what's actually useful for you if you don't program in rust then maybe you don't need that option i mean i guess just leave it on it'll never show but i mean you know what i mean like if you don't need something then maybe that's not something that's useful for you so you could you could not have that on but if maybe you um program very frequently in something else. And so you could have that on, or maybe you don't use Git or maybe you use Git, but you don't care what branch you're in ever. So you could deactivate that. A cool one. Another cool one is the sudo plugin or, or, or option, whatever the configuration option where if, if you have sudo credentials cached, then it shows you a little alert symbol showing you that yes you you are currently you currently have authentication under pseudo privileges and, and once that expires then the little um then the the icon goes away so it, it's informative stuff it's really really useful or or maybe just one really it's really useful it's mildly useful and and it's kind of neat and and like i say it's really simple to set up you download the binary executable. Or you could compile it from source code. It's open source. You place it somewhere on your path, and then you invoke it in your in your shell init script, where whatever that is, bashrc or cshrc or whatever you you've got going, zshrc, whatever. So that's Starship RS, and I don't use it. Um, so I did use it for like you know like a month. And it was it was fine. It was fun. It was a pleasure to experience. It was really it was a lot of fun. I, and I highly recommend it if it sounds like something that would be of interest to you. Um, what ended up happening for me was that the configuration was um, complex, and and I, I never got my configuration. Quite right. I, I, I was always seemingly displeased with whatever it was showing me at any given time. And I don't know why. I can't actually explain why that is. Um I just think that it it I just never quite found like exactly what I wanted. Or if I if I felt like I did know what I wanted, then when I could would configure it, it seemed to sort of take that away from me because of some because of an environment, you know, because I was in a different environment that th- than than what I wanted to see, strangely, so it was one of those things that uh, I just through being sort of particular about what I wanted on screen, I could never quite get it right. and that's I don't think that that's a I don't think that that's its fault. I think that that's just me a, a combination of me not knowing exactly what I want or eventually knowing what I want, but then not taking the time to learn how to get it configured. And then there was this small little thing that kind of kicked me over the edge, which was when I started a shell in Emacs, which I do fairly often, I I don't, it kind of goes back and forth sometimes. Some weeks I'm I'm always in terminal in Emacs, sometimes I'm not. But when I did start a terminal in Emacs, it would never understand it just couldn't generate a prompt it couldn't use starship i guess to to render a prompt and so then it would render an error message and it just it was annoying it was annoying enough for me to decide that starship.rs wasn't for me right now that's not to say it'll never be for me if if i switch from emacs to something else which absolutely could happen like i'm not i'm not married to emacs it just—it's just currently the one that I use because it's the one that I'm comfortable with, and I have no. There's no real impetus to, to change away from Emacs, and so I'm using it quite happily. So if I switched away from Emacs, I could see myself using Starship, or if I took the time to figure out how to get the E shell to ignore the Starship initialization call, then that would work too, because then I wouldn't—I wouldn't care so much about not having a prompt in my e-shell, or, or rather having a mer- an error message as my prompt in e-shell, which is really, really annoying. So I got rid of Starship in the end. But I learned the value of having a really, really descriptive prompt. And I, I, I have to say, I don't know why it sort of took Starship to teach me this. I actually used to have a really descriptive prompt at an old job where... the the shell configuration wasn't really up to me and it it had the history number the environment name because at this job there were there were specific environments that you would have to switch into in order to work on a project so if there was a project that you were working on called uh i don't know alpaca then then you would have to switch you would you would have to activate the alpaca environment and and then your shell prompt would reflect that so you would always know or you could always know by looking what environment you were you, that that terminal that session was keyed into which was significant because the, the, that defined where specific data directories were and where render directories were and so on so that was a, a big deal so, um and then I think there was a Oh, probably the current directory, like the literal current path that you were in. And I think that was probably it. And, and that was on its own line. And then the prompt would occur under that. And and then I think there was, I want to say, a, I want to say there was, might, might have even been a blank line above it. So it was a very sort of segmented experience. And it felt really weird at the time. But I kind of got, I, I fell into it because it was at work. And and it just became sort of the work thing that like that was how the work terminal worked and and that was reflected in several different ways. I mean, I didn't use Bash at that job. I used tcsh. So I, I it just kind of I don't know. The whole thing felt kind of like this is what happens at work, but it stays at work. You don't take that home with you. And so I think when I when I tried out Starship and it sort of had the same thing going on it felt eerily familiar to me on the one hand and 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 at first it felt almost incorrect it felt wrong to be to to have that kind of prompt at home but then i i, I kind of remembered how actually how useful that was i mean it's it's verbose there's a lot going on but then again it's also verbose there's a lot going on and it, it, it there's a strong delimiter between the command that you ran and the command that you're about to run or if you're scrolling up in your terminal then you kind of you kind of get to see where all the commands happened like it's really really easy because there's this big long line of colorful text literally drawing a line through the terminal as to where each major event happened so i decided that i would try that myself in bash with just pure pure bash no no rust involved i I, it kind of occurred to me that my use case for this didn't really require a rust application to drive my bash prompt i could do this with bash options so i did a little tiny bit of research you know part of which i already knew i mean this isn't super advanced stuff but i'm going to just kind of really quick like go through it so one of the things that i I actually changed pretty regularly is my java version so because i do a lot of i do a lot of as much java programming as i can because i really really love it so for that i just put in a function in my bash rc java underscore version all capitals equals backtick java dash dash version pipe head dash one pipe, cut, dash, f2, dash, d, quote, space, quote, backtick. So obviously just parsing the output of Java dash, dash version. Not a big deal. Pretty easy. I use um, a Java version manager called SDKman, and SDKman adjusts my environment, and this just takes, uh, this just responds to, you know, this uses... The Java that is a part of this environment, so that works quite well. You could probably use something similar with python python underscore version equals python three dash c quote import sys semicolon print uh you know something like quote dot quote dot join parentheses map parentheses string or str or s whatever uh, comma sys dot version dot info square bracket, colon, three, square bracket, parentheses, 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 close quote, close back tick. Something like that should work, I imagine. But then again, I don't, I'm not 100% sure. Like if you go into a virtual environment within Python, yeah, that should work, right? I don't know. Um, I I guess you would probably just want to do Python dash C, not Python three, My problem is that on Slack where I have Python 2 and Python 3 and technically Python 2, well, nothing technical about it. They, They both exist. And so in order to get the Python 3 version, I would want to specify Python 3. But then does that limit what would happen if I was to go into a virtual environment? I don't know. I'd have to test it. I don't know off the top of my head. But you could obviously do that for your favorite language, like whatever language you're... Frequently using and switching around, you could have a function in there to to describe that for you. Then I create another variable called IP, and that goes IP equals backtick hostname dash capital I pipe awk single quote curly brace print dollar sign one semicolon curly brace single quote close parentheses or close backtick rather. I don't know why I have parentheses in here. I, I'm not sure why I did that. Um, I'm adjusting as I speak. I also don't know why I used awk to parse that other than, rather than cut. I, I don't really know. But anyway, then I do a source of slash user doc git dash 2.35.1. So I'll have to update that manually if I ever update git slash contrib uh, slash completion slash git dash prompt dot sh git-prompt.sh is a really really cool little shell script that ships with git you probably have it on your system right now you may or may not know it you can invoke it and it will it will put git stuff into your prompt super super simple so it already exists and then finally I did a PS1 equals and this is where it kind of gets ugly so well first of all in order to do the do pretty colors i i defined human-readable colors, like green equals single quote uh, backslash E bracket zero semicolon 32 M close quote. And these are just values that I looked up on, you know, dot org or whatever it is, the Linux documentation project. Um, white equals single quote backslash E square bracket 97 M close single quote and so on. So a bunch of colors got defined at the top of the bash uh, rc then i do ps1 equals single quote backslash exclamation point which is the uh the history so i always know and i can always tell just by looking up where i am in in a, in my history file and so if i need to redo a command that's within easy scroll distance of where i am or just by looking up i can invoke that number that's been really handy Uh, and then i do square bracket backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign green single quote backslash square bracket dollar sign or not dollar sign sorry back tick i guess although actually i did dollar sign parentheses so i guess i should keep it with that because that's working host name dash s close parentheses space dollar sign ip now remember that's the that's the ip address uh that i that i defined as a variable previously backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign plane, close single quote backslash square bracket square bracket square space square bracket backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign cyan close quote backslash square bracket dollar sign parentheses pwd dash capital p so that gives me my current location on my file system close parentheses backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign plain and all that stuff and then eventually a space dollar sign parentheses underscore underscore git underscore ps1 now i'm able to use that because i sourced the uh get prompt sh so that's a function from uh get dash prompt sh you you just get that for free as long as you source that little shell script that's included in the git um uh, distribution uh and then uh let's see then i change the color to uh purple oh yeah i remember doing this so um Quote square bracket backslash square bracket single quote dollar sign purple close single quote black back backslash square bracket and then I have a little Git symbol a little fork Git symbol space percent s and then I switch back to plain and so on so I've got a bunch of of things in there to change the color and and the way that you change color in this is you you at the front of a thing you you tell you you invoke that color and then behind that thing you invoke a different color to sort of like turn off that color and go back to like plain or white or you know whatever your normal color is it, it makes for a really really ugly prompt and i'll, I'll paste all of this into the show notes i promise um it, it makes for an ugly it, it, to look at it it's horrible but once you you know once once it gets rendered, it looks really nice. And then there's a little um, coffee cup and uh, square bracket coffee cup uh, single quote dollar sign Java underscore version. Remember that's the variable for the JavaScript the the, the Java version. I don't know why I said JavaScript version. Java underscore version um, that I created earlier. Single quote square bracket and then backslash in to give myself a new line. And then I switch over to green, do a dollar sign, switch back to plain, space, close the single quote. It's it's a very long prompt. It's got a lot of data in it. But when it renders, it's really nice. I've got my history number, and then I've got my hostname and IP address, which I put in, by the way, because... I I very frequently ssh into something else some other system and it's just really useful to know when I'm not on my local system and I, I I I I've tried little things I've tried subtle reminders to myself like changing a prompt when I go to a different system like just the prompt symbol which is normally what I used to have and and that just the, the more you you're on different systems, the less I guess you kind of pay attention to the prompt or something. And and so I have I have really taken to just making it very explicit for myself that which system I'm on. So host name and IP address doesn't matter what I identify that system as like. This is the confirmation that you're on this system or not. And then the home, the, the directory that I'm in, and then the version of Java that I'm currently, uh, that, that, that I currently have, uh, active in this, in this shell session. And then a blank line and then a dollars, a green dollar sign prompt, and then a space. And then that's where I type my commands. So that's my, my shell prompt. Um, in pure bash, so no Rust dependencies. And when I'm in Emacs, if I do a meta X or super X or whatever the, that button's called, it's alt anyway, um, and then do, for instance, e-shell, I, I get, I, I get a, um, a simplified, like I get a normal prompt. It, it's not the prompt from .bashrc, but it, it is a reasonable prompt it is not a prompt that um that is an error message about not being able to load a rust thing so that's kind of that's what i want really i, I don't necessarily need my prompt to be the same as it is in bash when i'm in E shell. i don't care about that but i i do at least want it to be a reasonable prompt and that's that has been achieved so i realize it's probably like on one hand a little silly to to opt out of something just because I couldn't be bothered to figure out how to make it work with an occasional shell that I sometimes use in Emacs, I could easily switch from Emacs. I could easily stop using eShell. I could easily do the research to figure out how to use the other thing in eShell. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Point is, Starship it, it is really nice, and I do recommend it. I, I mean, I recommend it insofar as I used it for a month and didn't, you know, and and, and enjoyed it. Like I didn't hate it; it was fun. So if that sounds like something useful for you, then check it out. And if it doesn't, that's fine too. Um, the, as everyone knows, and, and I'm just finding out, bash prompts can be actually really useful. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, I don't regret not using a big, ugly bash prompt for most of my Linux time. I mean, like for a decade or whatever it's been, I've been very, very happy with a simple dollar sign. Absolutely. Did not mind having to type PWD, hostname, whatever. If I needed more information, I would get the information. But right now, for whatever reason, I'm finding the big verbose sort of delineation actually pretty useful, and so I'm I'm using that now. I can't promise I'm going to always do that. I might switch back some other time. And certainly on another system, I might keep a very simplified uh, prompt... But I, I and, and in fact, actually, I think that's what's really driven me to having a very verbose prompt is the fact that I'm on so many different systems right now. like if it's just me and a laptop and nothing else, then I, I could I absolutely could see myself going back to just a single dollar sign. totally see that. but right now, because I am interacting with lots of different systems, lots of different clusters, lots of different little control nodes and and nodes and all, all these different computers. It really does help to have that that sort of constant reminder and constant reference point, really, of where am I? What am I about to do? Oh, yeah, I'm on this system right now. Okay, let me tab over and get to a different one, whatever. So that's it. That's That's prompts. That's Starship. That's Bash. Choose one. Use it wisely. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org Today's show was contributed by a HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hosting for HBR has been kindly provided by Honesthost.com, the Internet Archive, and rsync.net. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License.